We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect. There are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Mike sent me his uh, DraftKings lineup that he would have competed against me with. So I sent it to you, so now we can nicely critique it i guess we won't be too mean yeah um so he went with tom heaton in the back because that's just what mike does yeah Um, (laughs) welcome back to the rotowire fantasy soccer podcast my name is andrew laird senior soccer editor of rotowire.com i am joined today by chris owen who's filling in for mike gottlieb who was supposed to have a podcast with me today then he blew me off so we're gonna do another uh, podcast with Chris where we'll have a, Mike's lineup at the end. We'll try to be a little nicer this time, but we also have to just, you know, react to what he gave us. So Chris, thanks for filling in yet again. Yeah. Appreciate you having me on. And, uh, I'll try not to be uh, too critical of Mike's, uh, lineup here as we work into that. If there's anyone I know who can take a little crap, it's Mike. So feel, don't, don't feel like you need to hold back at all, but, um, right. we've got a bit of a weird slate this weekend. Uh, there's no early game on Saturday. We're also missing uh, two games because of the EFL Cup final, which somebody um, that I was speaking with yesterday, who's a big United fan, still calls the Carling Cup. Um, So there's no Arsenal Southampton and there's no Manchester Derby, which is a bit of a bummer. But um, we've got everybody else. Uh, It's kind of a the Saturday slate's a bit weird because, um, like I said, the, the I think Arsenal and Southampton were originally on this slate. And those guys, those teams tend to have some fantasy relevant uh, players but we only have one like true mismatch um i guess i'll give everton a little more credit so two more mismatches in fact let's start with that game everton hosting sunderland as i mentioned to you before the podcast david moy's revenge game even though you hmm. could probably look at it the other way because he left them um although i'm not sure anybody really should get um Raz too much for leaving Everton to take the Manchester United job after Sir Alex Ferguson basically gives you the job. Yeah. Um, so Everton have been playing good. Well, Sunderland, not so much. Anything else to read into this game? <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, the, if you're talking revenge games to Brian Oviedo. Oh, in, there we play go. Too. Yeah. Darren so, Gibson I mean, too. Yeah. He just came yeah, over. Yeah. Gibson, Gibson will probably get a little bit of playing time. So <laughs> you, you got to watch out for those guys. But, 
Yeah, uh, definitely on the Everton side. Uh, you know, you should. There's a couple things to note here. Uh, looks like Kevin Morales. Um, he was dealing with an injury, I believe, and uh, could return here, uh, which could um, hurt Ross Barkley's corner kick duties because I know they share them typically when they play together. So it uh, looks like Morales trained this week. Uh, and then Lukaku is, I don't know what his price is on DraftKings. He's pretty, 9000 9, on DraftKings. So, um, and then uh, one guy I definitely have been targeting, He's since he uh, transferred from Charlton to Everton, uh, I've been looking at Molo Lookman. Uh, he's pretty cheap on DraftKings right now. He is 4800 at the forward spot. And I don't know if it's uh, more of a gut feeling than, uh, than anything, but I, I like him in my lineup, especially at that price this weekend. All right, all right. You had some success in the uh, Champions League with who was it, Mbappe or however we're gonna. Oh yeah, Mbappe uh, let, with uh, Monaco. That's I'm, right. I'm taking the young guns lately. I there guess. There you go. There you go. Yeah, um, <clears throat> Lukaku is definitely expensive, but uh, and we'll kind of touch on this a little bit. But if you're not fully in on Chelsea which seems a little crazy considering they're home against Swansea, but um, it opens up a little more salary. So Lukaku at 9,000, I don't think is too crazy. He had a hat trick against Sunderland earlier this year at Sunderland. I'm not sure how much I really put into that, although it's enough to mention it both here and in the DraftKings article I wrote. But um, I mean, he's got, I think he has either the best goal scoring odds on the slate or um, he's just behind probably Diego Costa. So it's just behind Costa. Yeah, Lookman, um, I mean, he's starting up there with him, so I don't think it's it's crazy to uh, con- to consider particularly, wow, 4,800, that is. Yeah, he has the eight, uh, eighth best scoring odds, too, of yeah. uh, any goal scorer, so that's kind of why I just got him in the lineup. But. Yeah, that's a good one. What do you think about, um, excuse me, either Seamus Coleman or Leighton Baines? Um, I, let's see, I didn't, I didn't go with them um, <laughs> in my team, but, uh. Uh, I don't expect Sunderland to pose too much of an offensive threat, and uh, so they should be able to get forward. But yeah, I, I didn't get them in my lineup at all. Yeah, Coleman's the one that that uh, made me kind of think about whether I needed to spend six thousand on a defender. I mean, that's pretty expensive yeah. on DraftKings. Marcos Alonso is actually even more expensive. I tried to compare the two in the article I wrote, but Baines is kind of. I mean, I see no reason to pay up for Leighton Baines. I mean the the scores just aren't there because he's not taking many free kicks. He's certainly not on, on corners. The weird thing about Barkley is that even on the corners, like he hasn't been sending in too many crosses. So he's kind of the, uh, he's so uh, hit or miss. Uh, yeah, he really is. It's just so frustrating, but he had that great run of starts. And then all of a sudden, you know, he comes up with five points at Middlesbrough, which is a tough place to play. But I mean, Still, I mean, Everton should have should have done enough in there, but um, it's pretty much whether or not he gets a penalty kick or not. It kind of it seems like he's yeah. hasn't been really putting up too many points. Yeah, I agree. So you're not sold on Jermaine Defoe possibly uh, making an impact at Goodison. Uh, he's just, uh, in my opinion, he's just too goal dependent, and uh, I just th- thought there was some. You know, I went with Lookman there. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of Defoe, obviously he's a little bit cheaper, and I, I just didn't like the idea of uh, Defoe at Goodison. Thought yeah. it was a little bit, um, a little bit too goal dependent for me to get in my lineup. Yeah, that makes sense. I know Morgan Schneiderlin's still pretty cheap on Fanduel. He hasn't been that great. Um, and when you think of of midfielders, kind of on Fanduel, if they're not necessarily attacking midfielders, you want to take guys on 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 underdogs because they can kind of wrap rack up the interceptions and clearances. But I wonder if this is kind of an opportunity for Schneiderlin to move up a little bit because Idrissi Gueye is back and he I mean he covers just so much ground he's essentially I'd like to call him a poor man's N'Golo Kante but I think he actually I, leads the league in tackles yeah no I totally agree with that assessment he's been uh you know before Africa Cup of Nations he was really racking up the tackles and clearances and one of the better defensive midfielders in the Premier League yeah yeah I might I might have to have Schneiderlin a little bit because Gueye is so much more expensive but I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. But um, we kind of touched briefly on on Chelsea, so let's go uh, to that match next. Chelsea hosting Swansea. Uh, Swansea have been pretty good, actually, lately. Uh, I believe they're fifth in the form table, which is the last six games, which uh, I'm not sure how much 
of that is Paul Clement and not Bob Bradley, or it's just, I, don't, I mean, it must be, I'm not sure what else. We got to give was, it to Bob Bradley. Unless right? it's Martin Olson. That is the, the biggest <laughs> yeah. difference maker. But. Olson's been a, it's, a, it's actually Alfie Mawson. That's well, that's, totally he has good. been, um, he has been pretty good. I think it's two goals in his last three games. Um, as a center back, as a center back, he has a little Harry Maguire um, to him. <laughs> uh, except he he only has one shot in each of those three. Um, whereas Maguire, I think, gets a, a few more, a few more shots per game. Kevin Swanson will be pretty upset that I had the gall to compare Alfie Moss and <laughs> Harry Maguire. So Kevin, sorry about that. But anyway, on the Chelsea side, I mean, when you look at it, you should be like, well, you know. Chelsea, your top of the table, Swansea, your fighting relegation, like you should be all over uh, Chelsea, but they're all pretty expensive and none of them are that consistently high, high floored players. Like Marcos Alonso will have one game with eight crosses and then another with one. Um, Hazard sometimes takes uh, corners, but sometimes it's Pedro. And if Fabregas plays, he'll, he'll take a few, um, Diego Costa is obviously the the goal dependent one, but he's also the one who probably will take the most shots. Costa obviously with the highest goal scoring odds. So, um, you kind of mentioned before that you were think you basically faded Chelsea. Um, is it yeah. because nobody like they all kind of take from each other, or is it you think Swansea are going to go into Stamford Bridge and beat them? <laughs> uh, I, de- I definitely it's not Swansea going into Stamford Bridge and beating them okay. really, but. Uh, yeah, the I mean, I I really wanted to get Cost in my lineup, but at, he's at a uh, ten thousand one hundred on on a uh, DraftKings. Yeah, most expensive just, player. Yeah, that's just out of the budget right now. Especially, um, I got I actually uh, got a couple Swansea players and oh, there we go. Um, I, I'm not I'm not predicting a a Swansea uh, upset, but I, I think that you know we've seen them play a lot better lately, and I like their odds of going in there, maybe grabbing a goal. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. But, uh, yeah, Costa was the one that I really wanted to get in my lineup, but he, he's just, just too expensive. Um, I know he has the best goal, uh, goal scoring odds, but, you know, he's a little bit out of the budget there. Um, on the Swansea side of things, you did mention Martin Olsen, and uh, I got him in my DraftKings lineup this week uh, at 4,300. He uh, he tagged that goal against, uh, was that over Leicester City? And, you know, so something that I you know, was obviously a fan of. And so I got him in the lineup and then Gilfie Sigurdsson. Mm-hmm. He's just, for me, he's just like a can't miss on DraftKings at this point. Uh, he does it all. And, uh, and so, you know, at 8,400, I thought that was a pretty good price uh, considering, I don't know what the, you know, Hazard at 9,400 and Pedro at 8,600. And that's why I went with Sigurdsson. I just, I, I think I can expect, you know, at least maybe 10, 12 points out of Sigurdsson. And then, you know, versus Hazard and Pedro who are, a bit more expensive. Um, I think you're going to get the same production out of them. Yeah, Hazard has has basically become a goal dependent midfielder uh, because he doesn't take a lot of free kicks. Pedro is safer when he's on corners, but we just never know when that's happening. So, um, you know, you basically can say he's a goal dependent. Um, I guess you can play both of them at mid or forward. But yeah, they they are fairly goal dependent. And Sigurdsson, I mean, he's on every free kick. I don't know how many they they will get, but I mean they have been scoring a, a decent amount recently. And I'm trying to see here, yeah, three goals and an assist in his last, or three goals and two assists in his last four. They played at Liverpool, at Man City, so it's not like they are playing nobody. Um, ah, man, I I didn't have Sigurdsson uh, in the lineup I made, but it's ah man. Yeah, I mean he's leading this slate in shots per 90 shots on goal per 90 seven crosses a game and two chances created i i just couldn't really shy away from those types of types of uh numbers there yeah that's hmm hmm i mean yeah he's he's been like the perfect cash game play yeah um all season basically so ah, yeah we'll see about that um so if you had to pick a chelsea guy would it be costa yeah, absolutely. I just, you know, he's he's their forward. Obviously, going to give for uh, you know Swansea have been better in defense, but I, you know, I still think that Chelsea aren't. It's not going to be a nil-nil game. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I would go with Costa. Yeah, I keep. I'm still not sure how I feel about Marcos Alonso. Other than 6,600 seems pretty expensive for for that. I mean, he's obviously going to be able to attack 
I mean, like you said, Swans have been better defensively, but they're they're not good defensively. <laughs> and, yeah, right. And so, uh, you know, that that seems to give a little more reason to think that that he should be able to to get into the attacking third. But um, I don't know. That's a pretty hefty price for me. Um, let's move on to Crystal Palace hosting Middlesbrough, which should be pretty ugly, I would assume. Um, Palace have basically all the guys that you would think to play are available. Benteke, Zaha, Kabai, Punchin. People who are still stuck on Patrick Van Onhold as a playable option as well. Um, who Do you like anybody enough from either team to, to put them in a lineup this week? Um, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't take anybody from this game. It's not being said that you shouldn't, but uh, um, it's... It, there was just no one that I really targeted. That being said, it could be it could all be a three three game. You know, like there's these both. I know Palace are are bad defensively. Yeah, and uh, they can't seem to get any results at home. So I like Middlesbrough to maybe go. go I, I believe this game's at at Crystal Palace, it but is, uh, yeah. um, I like Middlesbrough maybe to go in there and get some points off of Crystal Palace. But we'll see. Sam Allardyce might keep it nice and tight at the back. Oof. Can they even do that? Like, that's the problem. That like, he, he may want to. But, um, yeah. The guy that jumped out at me when I was uh, kind of researching for the slate was Andros Townsend, which worried me that I ended up going t- towards him. Um, he started la- their last uh, Premier League match and was taking corners, which is a role that he hadn't done all season. Like, even uh, when he was crossing... Uh, to no end earlier in the season he wasn't taking any corners like it was all open play so uh, I think he had 12 crosses the week before uh, in 45 minutes off the bench they were that was the game they got pounded by I forget who it was they lost four nothing at at home was it Sunderland I think it was Sunderland. yeah I think, I think yeah. so yeah so obviously they were and they were losing big at halftime so yeah it was at half yeah coming <clears throat> coming in and sending all those crosses like that's not your typical situation, but, um, at 6,600 on DraftKings, like he, he was like a cash game staple earlier in the season. Cause he was in this price range and would send in, you know, he had gained plenty of, uh, double digit cross games, um, without the corners. So if you throw in the corners, like, I feel like it's an opportunity to do it. Uh, Burrow have given up a decent number of corners recently that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to end up on Christian Benteke's head and, and become an assist. But I don't know. It seems like there are just so many question marks for Palace. It's kind of like Chelsea. Like you going into the game, you have no idea who's taking corners. And for Palace, if, if Punchin, Kabai and Townsend start, like you have no idea. Cause I think Townsend took them last game week with both of those guys on the field. So she's like, they're, I'm not sure there's enough. I'm not sure there's enough yet. Uh, I haven't convinced myself. I'd like, I'd love to, for Kabai and Punchin not to play <laughs> or not to start, and then you you kind of have the the clear look on on Townsend. But I don't know. Are you falling for Patrick Van Onholt? I'm not. I <laughs> I'm actually uh, you're kind of persuading me into Townsend a little bit. He, I mean, for crosses, he's good for. Uh, he's been averaging what like about seven to eight crosses a game, and uh, he did take. It looks like last uh, last match he did take all five corners yeah. for Crystal Palace. Yeah, it's so. definitely. I don't know. He's and at sixty six hundred, that's pretty. That's a pretty good price. It's decent. Yeah, I mean, you definitely need like double digit crosses to even think about that paying off. But they're just. Uh, he's gonna. I hate Andros Townsend too. That's the worst thing. Like I, <laughs> I earlier in the season when I just hated that I was playing him so much, but you know, the crosses were there. So if they're back, it's like you have to start considering him again. I mean, his price, um, I'm pretty sure got up to like the 8,000 range at one point. Um, just because he was so consistent. I'm trying to, I mean, seven, I'm seeing 7,500 back on boxing day. I mean, that's, that's quite a price, but yeah. so, so see that and then see 66, like maybe, I don't know. Ugh. Yeah. It was recently 6,000 against Stoke and that, mm. but he put in, yeah, he's, I mean, last three games, 12 crosses, and then he had a dud against Bournemouth, 12 crosses against Sunderland, nine crosses against Stoke. So, yeah. I mean, it's all, I'm, I'm basically looking his, uh, yeah, I don't know. Something to consider at least. Yeah. 
Right. He's probably the only one I would really consider from this game. I mean, I, the the Burrow fullbacks I actually may consider. It depends. Uh, Fabio is the one that kind of jumps out at me. Um, Callum Chambers, if he plays on the outside, I probably wouldn't, although he's questionable too. So, Yeah, um, I think – Ugh. Yeah, it looks like he might though. Antonio Berrigan is going to miss this match. Yeah, so it's it's between him and uh, Colm Chambers and George Friend at outside mm-hmm. back, mm-hmm. at the right back position. Right, right. Yeah, I might. Fabio is one. Yeah, I looked at Fabio. We'll see. And then uh, Bernardo got some love from um, from Kevin on his Fanduel article. So, which makes sense. I mean, Palace they they're fine attacking. It, defensively is where they have the problems. So you figure he should get enough opportunities for for uh, clearances and, and interceptions, particularly if Palace cross a lot. But um, I'll just have to find out what happens in that game because there's no way I'm watching it. Um, yes. <laughs> speaking of games I probably will not watch, we have Hull City home against Burnley. Um, I Camille Grosicki jumped out at me um, because he'd been taking some corners he split them with Sam Klukas, Andy Vandro last week, and neither of those guys are playing this week. So it's like, would you take the corner guy who's playing home against Burnley who has one point on the road this year? I mean, it's, it seems to make sense, right? Yeah, I definitely think so. Um, not somebody that I had in the lineup, but now that you know, I know Vandro's definitely going to be out, and it sounds like Klukas as well. But Klukas yeah, is suspended. Somebody... Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yep, yeah, red card against Arsenal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, of the Hull players, he's definitely most likely to take the uh, the corner kicks now and set pieces. So uh, I, I would, I might still consider changing my lineup, especially after lineups come out. But uh, yeah, Grosicki, I don't know what he is on uh, DraftKings. I believe he's pretty cheap. He's forward eligible, which makes him he's a fifty nine hundred. But the forward eligibility makes him really attractive for for cash games, just because you tend not to get. You would think he has a high floor. I mean, he's a he's a fairly active open play crosser. So if you give him all the the corners, yeah. that should work. He yeah. doesn't shoot for anything though. Like that's <laughs> you're certainly not getting a goal yeah. out of him. Yeah, I like that. That's uh, that could be a good play. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Do you like anyone from Burnley? Uh, no, I don't. Um, I I want to see what happens with this Burnley squad after that loss, Lincoln City. Um. Like I could see Sean Sean Dyche just you know letting them have it all week and maybe they come out and actually win it. This game's on the road for them, right? Yeah, not a, so, which hasn't been good for them in the season. Yeah, they've been terrible on the road, but uh, yeah, so maybe they come back and try to bounce back after that that uh that loss in the FA Cup. Hmm. Robbie Brady's the one that made me think of taking him just because I always think about taking Robbie Brady. I mean, theoretically, playing against Hull is like a good opportunity, but. God, Burnley have been so bad def- or on the road. It's just, it's one of those like, do you, is is it possible that they go the entire season without winning on the road? And it's like, I I guess <laughs> they've gone this far. Yeah. So, but if there's an opportunity to win on the road, it's against Hull. So, oh yeah, ugh. two good goalkeepers though. Yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely. I mean, Hull did have gotten a couple of decent results mm-hmm. with that Man United yeah, they draft have. and that Liverpool win. So. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll see. And who knows what would have happened against Arsenal had they not gone down to ten men? Yeah, so that's true. Ugh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, Brady and Grosicki, um, I liked, and everybody else. I mean, I I looked at uh, Umar Niasi in a Taga league because I had four or five guys that are off this week. Um, that was nothing. Have you looked? At your target team, like, do you have a lot of Arsenal and Southampton and Manchester players? Um, I have Alexis Sanchez. Mm-hmm. I mean, a couple different target leagues, but uh, yeah, I'd, I have to. Uh, that's something I'm gonna have to double check <laughs> for the weekend. I think I got. But, I'm, I've been pretty uh, pretty into daily lately, yeah. and uh, I've kind of shied away from the season longs. But uh, yeah, I know. It, I don't know who's gonna start for Hull up top. It sounds like uh, Umbukani is back from. Yep. He had an illness, and then Abel Hernandez is back. Yeah, yeah. So they've got three different options there, and none of them really stand out to me. Yeah, yeah. The um, the the game weeks in these season, like the the absences that I have in in season long, um, 
I looked at my, I tweeted out my fan, my uh, EFSA team where I think I have one, one starter going this week. Yeah, which, I saw that. Yeah, which is usually, I mean, ideally you have more than one. Um, but Taga, uh, Mike Gottlieb actually uh, tweeted out his um, Taga team from the Taga Premier Division that his entire bench, um, I'm sorry, I think he had like, he got decimated, but basically all of his, so he has a few starters missing and his entire bench is either hurt or off this week. I mean, it makes sense. Like how many fantasy options are there from Arsenal, the two Manchester sides and Southampton? I mean, there are a ton. Yeah. I have one team where I lost out on Ward Prowse, Alexis Aguero. Um, I have Walcott and like, it's just like, these are the, those are the teams you want to go after. <laughs> I mean, obviously yeah, totally. there's Chelsea and Liverpool, but like, these are, are significant. Um, my FPL team, I don't, I don't, I can't even talk about that. It's so bad. So let's just, uh, <laughs> let's just move on yeah. to um, West Brom and Burnmouth. Uh, Junior Stanislas seems to have just lost his spot in the starting lineup. I don't know if there's like an injury that Eddie Howe has been basically hiding from us. Howe is notoriously, uh, tight-lipped about injuries, but uh, even with Stanislas, like Burnmouth, with the way they've been playing, going in to the Hawthorns, I'm just, I'm not expecting much out of out of Burnmouth this week. Do you feel differently? Um, I I don't expect much either. Uh, actually, uh, I like West Brom in this match. It's, they're they're going to be definitely organized at the back, and uh, that's why I went with Ben Foster at goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. Um, Fifty one hundred. He. Uh, He's had pretty good numbers. Uh, let me see here. He, um, Ben Foster, yeah, he's you know about three and a half saves per ninety. So I, I, I'm hoping for a win and a clean sheet over Bournemouth. Bournemouth haven't been as very impressive lately. No. Uh, so I, I went with him and and just kind of hoping for like a one nil, maybe you know something, uh, a low scoring game out of that. And I, th- I think I'm, uh, I think we can expect that. You we'll don't see, think uh, we're going to see a West Brom attacking explosion here? <laughs> I know we've we've discussed uh, a regression from a West Brom uh, from what they've been kind of doing lately, but uh, yeah, I, I don't really expect this game to go like three two or you know two two or anything like that. But yeah, I, I, I'm definitely kind of banking on a, a lower lower scoring game in this. Okay, all right. I'm not ruling out two nothing or three nothing um, for West Brom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm just picturing Chris Brunt and Matt Phillips bombing cor- crosses in for Salomon Rondon, and maybe we get a rare Nasser Chadley uh, stolen hat-trick. goal somewhere. Yeah, no, 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 no. I would never sign up for a Chadley hat trick, but um, <clears throat> I don't know. I think I, I certainly am not going to go heavy on Burnmouth. I mean, I guess Ryan Frazier is probably the the, the most reliable option there, but. Uh, Simon Francis is out again, so we may see um, Tyrone Mings start or uh, Brad Smith with. Um, I don't know who they who they'll end up. I guess you could see both Smiths maybe if if they put one of those centrally or they move Daniels inside. But there there are a lot of question marks uh, because yeah, Francis a, is uh, out. So from a West Point or West Point West Brom <laughs> point of view. Uh, if you're looking at the at Matt Phillips or Chris Brunt, who do you who would you prefer over the two? Um, I tend to side with Brunt mostly because he's a little cheaper, or he's usually cheaper, and yeah. I think he tends to take more free kicks that are like non-corner free kicks. Um, I have to I'll look at stats on that to be sure, but I, I thought that was the case, and so uh, and in some formats he's a defender, which makes it even better that that he gets forward so much, but. Um, yeah, it, those are tricky. I mean, obviously I I always say like Phillips probably has more goal upside, but, um, you know, Brunt, if he's close enough, will shoot from a free kick. Um, so I don't know. I tend to side with Brunt. Yeah. (laughs) Long long answer. It's Brunt. 5,900 on DraftKings, whereas Matt Phillips is, uh, 7,000. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. I have Brunt right now. Okay. So, um, all right, the next game for the Saturday slate is the late game, 12.30, Watford hosting West Ham, another game nobody would watch unless it was the only one on, and it happens to be. Um, Watford have looked pretty good in the attack. I mean, 
and by Niang, Marozarat and Dini have looked pretty good up front. Uh, the midfield is kind of a mishmash of guys. I mean, Etienne Capu can finish. Tom Cleverly gets some playing time. I don't have a ton of good things to say about the Watford midfield. And then uh, Jose Olabas in the back, I think. Um, you know, they're another team where the corners have been kind of distributed uh, to the point where I'm not sure Olabas is a must play. But um, And then West Ham, if Andy, it sounds like Andy Carroll's probably not going to play. Yeah, he sounds pretty doubtful. Um, Robert Snodgrass obviously gets plenty of attention. Uh, Michael Antonio, I I guess, would start up front centrally. I mean, he's done that uh, a few times this year. They um, they tend not to use uh, Fuguli or Lanzini uh, centrally, so I guess Antonio moves up there. Do you? Who do you like from this game? <laughs> I actually uh, have three guys from this game in my uh, DraftKings lineup here. I, I like Olabas and D. He's uh, 4,500 on DraftKings. Uh, he has been it's, uh, a little lower than he was in the past. He was sitting above 5,000 for a lot of the season. So he's he's cheaper now, um, especially. So I, I like my 4,500. And then uh, you mentioned Snodgrass. He is like a... You know, we talked about Gilfie Sigurdsson earlier, but for Hull, he was able to do it all, and uh, I kind of am hoping that he will continue that with West Ham. Mm-hmm. Um, he's eighty three hundred, and uh, and so I'm uh, I'm kind of having a having trouble with this lineup. I have a remaining salary of nine hundred, but that's just enough for uh, for me not to be able to get Hazard or Costa if I was <laughs> to drop one of Snodgrass or Sigurdsson. Yep. So. I'm having a lot of difficulties with that, but uh, yeah. So I got and then uh, and then I went with Antonio up top just because Carroll's going to be out. Um, if West Ham are going to score, it's going to be from Antonio, in my opinion, uh, just because Andy Carroll's kind of you know they've been better with Carroll in the lineup, but uh, with him likely to miss out, uh, I think Antonio has the best chance of scoring for them. Yeah, I think so. that's right. Um, the oh, sorry about that. The um, the weird thing about uh, West Ham kind of as a whole is that like Antonio has lined up everywhere. Like we've seen him at right back. Yeah. We see him at, as a wing back. We've seen him as attacking midfielder. We've seen him centrally as a forward. And so I'm just, and he's been able to produce like in every spot. I mean, obviously as a right, I actually, I think he did have a goal as a right back. So, uh, I agree that like, he's, he's definitely like a solid option. Um, that's not grass price is, is high for me when you also have Sigurdsson, like you're mm-hmm. the, the odds that both of them have big games seem smaller to me than the idea of one of them or yeah, one of them and Costa, although I guess, yeah. Yeah. Or, <clears throat> or Lukaku or something like that. But um, did you consider any of the for the Watford forwards? Um, I didn't know. I, uh, I mean, I just, West Ham have leaked goals, that's for sure. So maybe I should consider more uh, some more of the Watford forwards. But, uh, yeah, with uh, at forward, I just, like I said, I, Antonio and Lookman were my two forwards at this juncture. So I, I just didn't, I thought, you know, with the Lookman price and and Antonio starting because, likely starting at forward uh, because Carroll's going to be out, I, I just didn't go with any of the Watford forwards. Yeah, I don't think that's crazy. I mean, they're they're not you know Costa Hazard and and Pedro. So yeah, right. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, did you consider any either goalkeeper, or do you think there is goals here? Um, I I kind of just honed in on Ben Foster after mm-hmm. I looked at some of the the after I did a little bit of research, but uh, I mean, there's there's going to be the opportunity for shots, I think, but uh, I didn't just because West Ham. You know, and Watford, I, I don't really expect a clean sheet here. Yeah, I think uh, not that you, not that you should always bank on a clean sheet at all, but uh, I think that uh, Foster's got a good chance for that against Bournemouth versus Watford and West Ham. You know, where there's likely to be a couple goals. Yeah, I agree with that one, definitely. Um, all right, let's move to the uh, it's a a wonderful two game Sunday Monday slate, which is <laughs> always. Uh, just horrible i think and but we got to do it so uh we've got sunday 8 30 a.m eastern is tottenham hosting stoke 
uh, is there any reason Tottenham obviously just crashed out of uh, Europa, so they don't have to deal with that any longer. Um, though it seems like that's becoming the easiest, not that it's easy, but the easiest path to the Champions League. Um, I also realized today that I'm pretty sure Arsenal are going to finish fourth, but Manchester United is going to win Europa, and so Arsenal will miss out on the Champions League next year. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, you know they're going to be fourth, so you right. can ex- uh, they finished second exactly. last year. So I'm not I'm not totally convinced. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> Danny Rose is still out, so I assume Ben Davies is still there uh, to start, and um, they actually went with a fairly strong lineup uh, uh, for the Europa match, but. You know, they play Sunday, so they have a little time to recover. Uh, is there any reason not to think Spurs should just crush Stoke? Um, There could be. I, th- I think so. Uh, we'll see, but I, I think they might. there might be a limit, maybe a little bit of a Europa League hangover. Okay. Uh, I was, I could, it was weird finding myself cheering for Tottenham in that, uh, that match. But, uh, I, yeah, I think uh, if Stoke can keep organized, you know, I certainly think they have a chance to uh, to to win this game, but yeah, I just Tottenham have. I'm not sure what their form has been lately, but they haven't been leaps and bounds. Yeah, they have. Uh, let's see, 11 points in the last six games. So they've won three, drawn twice, and or lost. Yeah, drawn twice and then lost one. So they haven't been, you know, world beaters recently. But mm. uh, yeah, I mean, this is kind of a tough game. But yeah, I, I could see them still struggling after that Europa League game. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, let's, we may as well talk about the two games together since, um, you know, you'll have to pick from them. So the other one Monday is Leicester hosting Liverpool. Leicester obviously just fired Claudio Ranieri, which in my opinion is insane. That being said, uh, nothing seemed to be changing either. I mean, they, they obviously, um, they lost to Sevilla 2-1 in Spain and in, the, in their Champions League round of 16. So like they, that's a doable uh, comeback uh, because they got that away goal. Um, that being said, I'm not sure they are going to be able to keep Sevilla out um, in Leicester. But uh, you're the Liverpool guy. Um, I would think this is going to be all Liverpool. So if you think that, um, do you like the Liverpool top options? Or do you like the Spurs' top options? Oh, I I mean, this might be a bit biased, but I like the Liverpool options. <laughs> I mean, Le- Leicester's a definitely much, you know, they're not as good as Stoke. Like, not saying Stoke is anything crazy, but, but uh, I mean, Wes Morgan and Robert Huth have been kind of non-existent throughout yeah. the season. So, I mean, I, I'd hate to be super biased here, but I, I really do like Liverpool to, uh, to win this game. Um, hopefully a few goals, but... Uh, We'll see. Uh, I know you. Met, what was the uh, the new care, the the Leicester City caretaker's name? Uh, Shakespeare. His last name yeah. is uh, yeah. Uh, so now I'm not. Now I'm a little bit worried. There might be like some poetic justice here. There we go. So I, I don't know. We'll see. But yeah, Leicester City. I, I was. I think you're. You were right to be shocked about that Ranieri uh, sacking, just because. It seemed like you know two one at Sevilla is a good result. Uh, kind of had them not that they were going in the right direction, but I would have given them you know at least tell tell the next match against Sevilla to see you know if you if you win that if you're able to win the tie and move on to the next round that's a pretty darn good result in my opinion. But yeah, I, I was I was shocked and I I thought it was the wrong move to uh, to Sacrenary at that point. Yeah, I'm still. I mean, I'm I'm definitely shocked about it. Um, but when you when you think about it, um, they have com- either they've un- completely underperformed this year, or last year was such a total and unbelievable fluke that that if that didn't happen, and if like let's say they finished, you know, 14th, they had a great season and they finished 14th. And now at this point they were one point from relegation. Like, does he get fired in that situation? Um, I, th- I think they had you know kind of the the mind made up at this point. But yeah, um, <clears throat> yeah. I, I mean, pretty for the most part they they have the same squad or better players than they did last season. Uh, the the biggest player that I mean besides Huth and Morgan that's been non-existent is Jamie Vardy. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there was all this talk in the summer about go, him going to Arsenal and then mm-hmm. you I turned thought, him down. They wanted him. Yeah. Yeah. I thought, 
Leicester City should have sold Vardy to Arsenal. I mean, his value was never going to get higher. He's, I believe he's, what, 30 now? Yeah. I mean, I don't know why you would turn around and keep him. Obviously, there's this, like, you know, sentiment that you know, he was a great player last season. But you t- I, if I'm Leicester, you take the money and you get rid of Vardy and try to reinvest it. But, I'm, I'm pretty yeah, sure so, they, I'm pretty sure they left it open to him. So I think they, oh, were, okay. they were willing to sell and he turned it down. The one that really got me was Mares. Yeah, totally. Like he, he looks like just a totally different player, and he's he's done. Like th- that was where they were going to really make their money. They obviously yeah. sold N'Golo Kante, which has been a significant drop. But like, I mean, obviously defensively they've been really bad, and Kante was a big reason for that. But Vardy and Mares's inability to come close to recreating what they did last year. I mean, Mares finished last season with 17 goals and 11 assists in the Premier League. And this year he has three and two. <laughs> like, wow. that's awful. He hasn't scored yeah. since November 26th, 26th, and his last assist was December 10th. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. I mean, in hindsight, it's a lot more clear, but you, like, as a, you know, if you look at the positional positions for Leicester, N'Golo Conte was the, the guy they needed to keep, you know? Yeah. Like, it's a, it's a, it's a bit easier to replace a, a, you know, a wing or a forward, but, you know, it's somebody like N'Golo Conte who's, who has shown for France and for Chelsea now that he, he really is a huge difference maker. It, it's tough to, you know, to see them without him and still with Jamie Vardy in the lineup. Like, although he would start on, you know, most Premier League teams, he's he's clearly not the player he was last season, along with Mares. Yeah, yeah. I still think that, like, it, it's so... It almost puts last year into even more of a how ridiculous that season was because... If if the team this year was doing this last year, everyone would be like, yeah, I mean, this they weren't that good. They There was a possibility. A lot of people picked them to be relegated. So, yeah, being one point out of the relegation zone is where Leicester should be. And yet <laughs> winning the, the, the Premier League change, obviously changes the expectation. Um, yeah. Nobody expected them to win again. I mean, going winning two years in a row doesn't happen with the biggest clubs, let alone Leicester City. But... Um, it's just, it's weird to me. I, I, I can't decide whether they would have made this move had last year not happened, had they just finished 14th, you know, had a good year, finished 14th, and now they're one point out of relegation. Like, it's not like all of the other teams that are fighting relegation are, are good. They're obviously not. <laughs> That's why they're fighting relegation. So, like, but the idea that Ranieri won't, like, just wouldn't be able to keep them up seems kind of crazy, but maybe it's because they won. Yeah, definitely. Anyway, back to the fantasy. Um, Do you think uh, Liverpool continues to use Firmino up front? Yeah, I definitely think so. Um, Daniel Surridge has, I mean, he's been in poor form lately. Um, Although he was dealing with an illness. Yeah. Sounds like he's good to go for this this game. But yeah, I mean, why why break up Mane, Firmino, Coutinho, and then it's pretty much like Lalana is, you know, he played, he's played attacking mid for a lot of his career, but he's, he's kind of just kind of honed into that center mid role. And I think that's really where he's good. He's got, he can run forever, um, which is a pretty nice thing, but, uh, and he's also creative. So I, I like him to stay back there, but yeah, Firmino up top for me is, uh, is, is a must play and Arigi and Sturridge are, you know, they're good substitutes at this point. And with, uh, with Liverpool out of everything, but the Premier League, you know, expect Firmino to continue to start up top. Mm-hmm. It sounds like when Aldum's banged up, does that mean Chan starts with Henderson in the back? Meaning um, back at the midfield? Not... Yeah, he would. Uh, we'll see if if one Aldum's out of the lineup, then it's definitely going to be Chan in there. Okay. Um, and then uh, the other one was Dejan Lovren. Uh, sounds like he ran yesterday um, and is ex- expecting to train tomorrow, uh, either today or tomorrow. Um, sounds like he uh, he had an injury against after that Chelsea match and hasn't really played since. So, if not, it's uh, it's Lucas Leva, I think, again at center back. So hopefully that's not the case. Is it not going to be Matip and Clavin? It's possible, but uh, I mean, I think Leva started the last one, the yeah. last game. So um, I would prefer Clavin, but <laughs> but uh, yeah, we'll see. It's it's one of the two if uh, if Lovren's not able to play, but. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's always it a bit of an adventure when Lucas lines up at center back. Yeah, there was a yeah. I think it was last last time they played Leicester City. Actually, 
he had that, uh, I think, uh, uh, Mignolet played it out of the back to Lucas, and then he he was trying to you know find one of his uh, his midfielders, and then he, he just played to Vardy, it right? right to Vardy and Vardy. That's right. <laughs> you're not going to get an easier goal than that. I think he joked after that it was his first assist at, at uh, yeah his first assist at Anfield was to Jamie Vardy <laughs> probably. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, we are gonna. Mike sent me his uh, DraftKings lineup that he would have competed against me with. So I sent it to you. So now we can nicely critique it. I guess we won't be too mean. Yeah. Um, so he went with Tom Heaton in the back because that's just what Mike does. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he actually he gave me a little more um, a little more uh, info that he said he's he's all in not all in but he really likes the whole attack this week. Yeah, and, clearly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he likes the whole attack, but he doesn't think. Um, so he doesn't think Heaton will get a clean sheet, but does think that they'll have enough. He'll have enough saves to um, to counteract it. So he also has he's got Charlie Daniels and Fabio in the back. Um, I kind of mentioned Fabio before that I thought that was a decent play. Daniels I don't love against West Brom, but um, you know I could see why why somebody may be interested in him. But um, to get to the midfield, uh, he had Lazar Markovic, obviously of Hull. Um, he, I guess I'm going to include Grosicki, although he has him as a forward spot. So he has Grosicki as Hull, and he uh, has former Hull midfielder, current West Ham midfielder, Robert Snodgrass, who still has the Hull jersey um, on, on the DraftKings player selection. So that probably made Mike's uh, pick him as well. Um, so, I mean, of those guys, you obviously are in on Snodgrass. Um, I was saying I liked Grosicki. Um, we didn't really talk about Markovic. Uh, he did... Um, have a pretty good game. I think it was two games ago. Maybe it was three, and then he, he and then he had to right against United, and then he had to miss the game against uh, Liverpool because he's obviously that's obviously his parent club. Um, so I'm trying to look back here. Uh, in the loss to Arsenal, he had one shot, which is on goal, created a chance, five crosses, which is pretty good, uh, four tackles. So did you consider uh, Markovic at all? Um. I didn't. Um, now that we're kind of looking at it a little bit more in depth, uh, I still I like the, the Grosicki play is definitely growing on me, and uh, something I'm going to co- really consider. You know, when uh, when lineups come out tomorrow, especially at 5900, and with uh, with a couple uh, Klukas and Evandro missing, I've um, I watched that whole Manchester United game, and Markovic look did look pretty good. Yeah. Um, but uh, I've also watched way too much Lazar. Markovic to uh, <laughs> to uh, really believe in him, so okay. okay. I, I don't know. I, I at four four eight hundred is a great price. Don't get me wrong, but I've uh, I've I've seen him try to dribble past too many players and lose it to uh, to really believe in that he can create enough chances and you know maybe get a goal. But yeah, I, I'm not, I'm out on Markovic, but I do like the the Snodgrass and Grosicki play. Okay, uh, and then Mike paid up for he paid seventy nine hundred for Wilfried Zaha playing home against uh, Burrow. And ninety four hundred for Eden Hazard, who um, I don't I actually don't know if he has any money left, but uh, he obviously liked Hazard in that upper tier spot. Um, Hazard's kind of in this range of of his own. I guess Lukaku at nine thousand is in there as well, but Costa is seven hundred more than Hazard, so you know that's a decent difference. And then Pedro at eighty six, so Hazard's a bit on, I guess. Lukaku is there as well. Those two are kind of on an island in the middle of the the highest and uh, the next tier. But um, the Hazard one, the only reason I'm hesitant on Hazard is because uh, he's just become so goal-dependent. That being said, home against Swansea seems like a great time to, to pick a goal-dependent player. Yeah, I, I feel you on that. Um, I mean, Hazard and Lukaku are really kind of in that same range, 400 bucks difference. uh yeah, I. It's tough. I mean, Hazard has certainly been much better than he was last season. Yeah. Um, but uh, at the same point, it's I. We still have he. He has become pretty goal dependent. So I mean, ten goals is good though. So we'll take that. But yeah, if I was to pick between Hazard and Lukaku, I would just go Lukaku, just because I expect. I really do expect Everton to win, to win this game, and and I think Swansea. You know, I have a chance to uh, to put up a good fight against Chelsea. Uh huh. Um, and Zaha, what are your thoughts yeah, on him? 
That's uh yeah, that's we when we were discussing Palace earlier, we really I mean we kinda honed in on Townsend, but uh Zaha has is would be the other option if I'm gonna look at Crystal Palace. Um yeah <clears throat> definitely I, I just like Townsend way more than Zaha in this and, and he's what, about thirteen hundred more uh ch- cheaper than than uh Zaha is. But yeah, I mean it's not a pick I hate, it's just just a player that I'm not gonna go with. Yeah. Um yeah, Zaha is a tricky one because like there are some games where he's all over the place, takes, you know, four shots, sends in eight crosses and wins a few tackles. Always he's always good for some fouls drawn, but um I don't know that that price um without like consistent points is what throws me off that um if I want to if I'm going to pay 7900 for either 20 or 3 points, I'd rather I'd rather find somebody I can get a little a much safer floor i mean particularly in a cash game which theoretically this is since he'd be playing one of us but um that's the only hesitation i have on zaha though um i would probably take zaha over benteke who i guess is oh benteke is 1100 cheaper but 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 still like i I, i'm not sure the next situation that i'm going to be taking christian benteke in (laughs) yeah i'm not not so sure either but uh Here's a here's a kind of a theoretical. Um, so I got you. You mentioned that you weren't you weren't as intrigued by Snodgrass this week. Uh, Zaha is about seventy nine hundred. Uh, yeah, he's seventy nine hundred. So about four hundred cheaper. I've got a remaining salary of nine hundred. So that would you know if I drop Snodgrass for Zaha, that would give me the opportunity to either you know to go with uh, to go with Hazard somewhere. I believe. Would you take Zaha over Snodgrass? Um. I would, I would definitely take Sigurdsson over Zaha. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. Snodgrass. Ah, that's a good one. Um, I would, I would probably, if it was, if I had to choose between the two, I'd probably take Snodgrass over Zaha. Okay. At least in a cash game, I would probably play Zaha in a GPP, because I think his upside is higher. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Something I'm looking at here is I. Uh... I'm trying to determine how I can, you know, get rid of this remain salary. But, uh, <laughs> you don't have to. You don't have to. Spend. Yeah, d- definitely. Key point but. there. Um, all right. Well, those are all the games. Um, so we'll end this episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. Chris, thanks for uh, coming on and filling in yet again. It's getting to the point where actually Mike is going to start filling in for you. Huh. Um, but huh. uh, so if those are all the games. You can hit us up on Twitter if you have any questions. I'm at Rotowire Andrew. Chris, how can they find you on Twitter? I'm on. I'm at Twitter at uh, Crowen8. It's C H R O W E N eight. There you go. Um, so. All right. So uh, thanks for that, and good luck this weekend. Thank you for listening to the RotoWire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit RotoWire.com/soccer. <laughs>